was, I got I got on a a thought train yesterday that led to today's uh, topic of consideration, I guess. And uh, I wanted to have, I wanted to kick it off. It's it's basically we're going to sit in this idea of what satisfies, you know, what 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 satisfies. And so I thought, well, let's just start there. Like maybe just take a minute and in our truest thrive terms, let's stop and remember a time where you felt deeply satisfied. Like take a minute, we're just, we're just you know, in, in, in your own experience here, like just stop and, and think of a time, think of a moment, think of a memory where you were deeply satisfied. Can just take a minute. It's, we'll sit here quietly for a minute so you can remember a time and have a little think about it. Spend a moment in that memory. Just kind of let yourself enter into it and recall it. I suppose if you're satisfied, it'll be easy to enjoy and appreciate it. So take a minute to do that. Think of a time when you were deeply satisfied. So like as you as you're thinking about that, it's like you know stop and just reflect just just for a second on what was it about that moment that made it satisfying? Why was it satisfying? What what was it about that moment that was satisfying? Just consider that for a second. Some ways it might be hard to put your finger on it. I think I am living in pursuit of some sense of satisfaction. Like, I think that's present in my everyday life. There is a longing deep inside of me, some of which I'm aware of, some of which I could put words to, some of which I could define or articulate, and some of it is just a, a longing. I don't even know if I could put it to other terms. I can tell you what, I know when I'm not satisfied. And I also know what it feels like to pursue satisfaction in unsatisfying places. Maybe you can relate to that too. Like, you know, like, when I think about 
my satisfaction memory, and we're going to share them with somebody here in a minute. But you know, when I think about when I think about mine, like you know, I think what I was experiencing in that memory and in that moment. Sometimes I'm pursuing that when I pull up to the drive-through window and order. I was always nervous with Ben, you know. <laughs> when I pull up to the drive-through window and I order some carb-heavy lunch, that's you know, and no judgment. These, but these are places that I personally uh, and evidently pursue satisfaction, but it doesn't satisfy. You know, for for Leela, it might be uh, the most clean and orderly home. And hopefully that'll satisfy, but maybe it doesn't. Or maybe it's uh, an exciting experience, or maybe it's a change of something, or, you know, whatever it is. I think we are pursuing satisfaction. And sometimes we're not even sure what needs to be satisfied. I, I, think, I think that's the truth. We're going to turn a corner. That is not what we're going to spend the morning talking about. But um, let's, let's take a minute because I think, you know, these moments are really powerful when we can put our finger on a moment where we did feel satisfied. So let's turn to one person, one person, share your satisfied moment to the point in which you're, you're comfortable and able and, and share what it was about that moment that was satisfying for you. Let's just, let's just take a minute, jump into pairs, uh, find somebody and uh, yeah. Share your, share your memory of satisfaction and, uh, and what it was about that that was satisfying. All right, we might reel it in. Cool. Well, if we, if we, grab, if we grab those stories and we go, what are some of the categories of things that that we considered in our stories that satisfy, like just not, not the memory or not the, just, just categories. Like for instance, milkshakes satisfy, you know, that would be food. Food is satisfying. So what are some of the categories that, that we could grab, you know, just, just call them out from where you are. Categories of things in, in the stories we told that represent satisfying, satisfying things. Adventure. Adventure. Okay. Adventure. Yep. Adventure. Cool. Yeah. David. Um, Matthew, sorry, whoops, wrong Rebecca. <laughs> Hit us. Friends. Friends, relationships. Yeah, good one. Creation. Creation. What else? Intimacy. Good one. God's presence. Any other categories come out of the things we shared? Music. Yeah, good. Rest. Stillness. Yeah. Pretentiousness. <laughs> I mean, coffee that's not bitter, sorry. <laughs> judgment i would give forgive me <laughs> any others any any other categories that came out of the thing achievement success overcoming yeah victory yeah i like that that is satisfying gnocchi food positive food experiences cars 
Let's call that dreams fulfilled. <laughs> let's call that dreams. Let's, let's search for that. What did he say? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> the prophet of doom from the back. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even more so, you know, in that category, Kai, maybe promises fulfilled. It's one of the things I put down on my list. There's something really satisfying in seeing God come through with what he said he would. Uh, is a as a ripper cool yeah i think the thing that i was thinking about yesterday in this category is it's like how much of my satisfaction is found in things of this world you know whatever that might be you know uh and it was like you know ultimately i think the deepest longings of my heart are for something that this world can't provide I think I think that's the truth. I think that's the truth, and uh, and so then that started this started me down the track of well, how much of my pursuit of God is around Him satisfying me with things that the world can afford me? Because it's not really pursuing satisfaction from God; it's pursuing God to satisfy me with things of the world. Yeah, and there's, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying life. Yeah, I think we're made to enjoy life. I think that's the truth. I think that's 100% the truth. And it's like, I, I guess then at the bottom of that barrel then was this question, is God satisfying? Do I view God as a satisfying source? You know, when I really think about it, or... Or is he just the guy who's keeping the satisfying things from me or giving them to me or, you know, or is he himself, is, is God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, his presence, the reality of God, is that a source of satisfaction in my life? And it's like, well, let's sit in that idea for a second. It's like, you know, we know that God's providing us good things. We know that, but, but let's just say like outside of the things that God can provide us from the world, things of the world that God can give us or provide or accomplish on our behalf, is God satisfying? And what are our experiences of a God that satisfies? You know, can, we, can, we, can we think about that for a second? Just like sit in that idea for a minute. You know, maybe, I've, maybe it feels like unreasonable or unnecessary or constricting or restricting. Uh, but I think, I think what, you know, what we're searching for here is some of the reality ground out in our experience of the scriptures in which Jesus reflects on himself as I'm the bread. Anyone who feasts on me will never hunger again. I'm the fountain of living water. Anyone who receives from me will never thirst again. Like those are satisfying pictures. And he's using pictures of, you know, if you seek the bread or if you seek the water, you know, like it's like, well, give me a cup of cup to drink. It's like, well, well, actually there's something more that's beyond a thirst quenching glass of water or a life giving loaf of bread. And it's like he was pointing beyond the, the, the appetites of the flesh or the, the human experience that we were having and going, there's something more satisfying than the physical things that this world has to offer. 
It's like, wow, I'm really challenged by that idea. I'm challenged by that idea. Like, can you think of, like, let's just on the spot, just stop and pause here for a minute and go, have, are we those who have had experiences of a satisfying God? Let's just think about it for a minute. Let's just think about it for a minute and go, nothing happened, nothing was given, nothing was done, nothing in my bank account changed, no holidays were taken, no cars were purchased, no, and, and it's not diminishing any of those things because God's in all those things, so don't, I'm not taking it out of that. But it's like, where have we been those who have tasted of the fountain? or eaten of the bread. Can, we, can, can anyone think of a time? Can you think of a time? Anyone bold enough to share it and just go, maybe it looks something like this. So we want this to be real, we want this to be practical. You can think of one, Ben, yeah, hit us. Uh, just, um, yeah, working here at the Golden Valleys. Well, we can confirm that's fin- not a practical fin- thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, shameless plug for Golden Valleys there. But uh, well done. Uh, no, just I was cleaning and uh, I was, was listening to a song actually called "You Satisfy," and uh, yeah, and uh, there's a line in that song that says, uh, "Every time I'm with you, I never leave empty." And uh, just something about that on that day just really connected with me. I'm cleaning toilets and wow. you know fixing bunks and you know not really feeling like. You know, hey, this is the greatest thing to do in the world. But yeah. something about, you know, just listening to that song of and those lyrics of every time I'm with you, I never leave empty. Just change something. And wow. here I am walking up from the cleaning shed over here, you know, hands raised, weeping, going, hey, it's wow. so true, Jesus, that you're with me right now. And, you know, it just switched something for me during that day. Wow. And it's like, you know, it goes from, hey, I'm cleaning toilets to going, I'm cleaning toilets with Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like in, in that moment, it's like now I can see the people around me. I can see Karen, yeah. you know, who I'm working with and going, oh, Jesus, what do you have for Karen today? Yeah. Wow. You know, and just it changed something for me in that moment in that day. <laughs> so good, Ben. It's like I can taste that moment. I remember that day. Yeah, I can taste it, Ben. I can taste it. It's like, yeah, that's satisfying. Yeah. Anybody else like a moment come to mind or an example or a. Yeah, Keith, send it over. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, I was just sharing before. Um, Friday afternoon it was, um, I just uh, was in at Safety Beach and just decided to go for a walk along the, the foreshore there. Kind of with, well, the idea was to go with God. I'm not sure I was actually with God to start with there, but in walking along there and the water was really flat, and calm, and then some dolphins turned up, and they're, they're just slowly swimming along in the water there, just off sort of near the mm. the um, the boat ramp. And, yeah, it was just suddenly felt very thankful and, and uh, at peace, and, and, and it was like a quiet, a quietness, just like an, an, ins- an internal quietness yeah. that came. And uh, yeah, just kind of started to experience his presence, and 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 it kind of it's it's that's a bit like what Ben was just saying. It's like it just kind of opens everything else up, you know, and it's mm. like just mm. really freeing in um, in that way, you know, like a a spiritual freedom that come over. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I 
Thanks for sharing that, Keith. Um, and Benny. Um, yeah, my heart and mind just went to a, a place of, uh, it, was, it was last week. I was, uh, yeah, long story short, um, I was sitting in Armadale up in New South Wales. And this dude, his name's Jamie, he, um, the Lord highlighted him to me when he was riding his bike and he came past me and I somewhat knew that he was gonna come up to me and he did. He was really scattered, really on edge. He had a big tattoo on his face of a cross and just really rough, but really gentle, really gentle dude. Um, I was feeling at peace. I was, I was like suspicious as to what this guy was doing, but I was at rest, um, pretty relaxed. And he then proceeds to say, oh, come with me. He opens up his bag and it's filled with stolen goods from Harvey Norman and service stations and just like. See where this satisfaction story is going. Yeah. This is a bargain satisfaction. It's got the point. Give me, give me grace. Um, and we start to interact and um, start encouraging him. And to get to my point, there's things that happened in between, but this guy was withdrawing off ice and heroin and he'd been an addict for most of his life. And, you know, I can relate in my own sense of, well, what, sat what satisfies young Ash and to come off a lot of drugs as a kid and then to, um, replace those drugs with a woman. It's like, well, what satisfies the desire for intimacy and connection and to be seen and ultimately loved, to feel, you, you know what I'm saying? And to be in this position, to be on the other side, to have experienced and tasted and encountered God's love. Um, and now the invitation to live by faith and to uh, experience what Benny's uh, experiencing there to then love and serve as if it was Jesus' bathroom or to love Karen as Jesus, you know. Um, but to get to my point here, uh, Jamie was super scattered and he really needed a needle, man. Like he really needed one. He was sober at this point. And after sharing for like 40 to an hour, um, sharing the gospel and hearing his heart and showing compassion and listening. Uh, I was like, hey, Jamie, let me pray for you, man. And he's like, please, puts his hands out. And as I pray for him, I just let the Lord pray, really. And in a moment of putting my hand on his head, just showing him comfort, he looks up at me and he's like, my headache's gone. Headache's gone. And his eyes welled up with tears. And in a moment of jitteriness and scatterness, he's like, you have the gift of prayer, man. <laughs> it was quite bizarre. I thought, I thought it was humorous. I was just loving him. But in this moment of need and desire for something to satisfy of 45 years of drug addiction, in a moment of an encounter with love, yeah. 
he was satisfied in that moment. And he said, I don't need, I don't need the needle anymore, man. Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing peace. Mm. And I haven't experienced this in years. Yeah. He's crying, I'm crying. He's, we're hugging and, um, anyway, there's, there's the point to my story is, is evident, but yet the, the compassion of being in his position. Yeah. And now having the authority to walk in that, it's like, oh, it's so satisfying seeing people experience him now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's great, Ash, to taste of something satisfying and then offer it yeah. to someone who needs what you found. Yeah, that, that's a great story. Yeah. And to, to watch someone taste the water from the fountain in a moment of need and see that there's something satisfying in that. Yeah, that, that's a gift, yeah. Anybody else? Uh, a moment where you personally have experienced a God who satisfies? Um, this one's maybe a, a little bit of a smaller, yeah, not small, not less significant, but just really small moments that are significant to me. But at the moment, I live on my own in this little apartment since, you know. Since you were abandoned. Since Grace decided to get married and, yeah, we had a sleepover last week. I missed it. Um, so I live by myself and because there's lots of people around me, but I end up having lots of meals on my own. So lots of dinners that I cook and have meal times on my own. And something that I found really satisfying is using those opportunities to invite God in to a really relational space where I love eating with people and I love, you know, finishing the day, being able to process things and have fun and, you know, they're things that I love to do with people. And when that's not always available, which is, you know, a lot of times where I'm eating by myself, God has met me in a really relational way and it's felt really satisfying. And so I'll sit at my table, I'll, eat, I'll sit on the couch or whatever I'm doing, eating dinner, cooking dinner, and I just feel the presence of Jesus with me so strong and I feel so satisfied. This, this longing in me that desires relationship and connection and people to be with and cook with and laugh with and all of that, when that's not there physically, the people around me. I've been able to experience a really true um, longing being satisfied by Jesus, like it's so tangible. I'll picture him sitting on the couch with me or eating across the table from me and being able to take a deep breath from my day and acknowledge him. And anyway, it's so real to me and that's that's been something really satisfying in a, in a whole where it's something that I long for so much. Yeah, that's cool. It's a good story. It's like, yeah, I can experience companionship yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Anybody else like is stop and think about a moment where Yeah. Yeah, I was watching through our wedding video the other night and there's obviously lots of moments in that day that, you know, would definitely feel satisfying and, you know, like we've achieved something awesome and 
I think one of the things that sticks out to me absolutely every time I watch the video back is the people in the video. And it's like, oh, yes, Tim's there. And yes, mum and dad are there. And, you know, he's he's all right. (laughs) But, like, there's, like, people will be like, oh, like, what's your favourite shot in the video? And, like, I just can't pick between the moment where, like, Ash gives Tim a kiss on the cheek or Ali's praying for me or Hannah's up the front, like, mm-hmm. reading truth over us. And it's like, oh, man, like, mm-hmm. my biggest, like, satisfaction reflecting on the day is just the people that we have. And yeah. I think I, yeah, I look at the men in Tim's life and I go, like, wow, like, how did we get so lucky? Like, how did we, how did we get? to a, you know there's not many people even in this room but like the the richness of the people that are in the room and that we would mm. be chosen to sit amongst them I just feel <laughs> is something that I will never ever take for granted mm. and just yeah past you know that day I just look at like you know having hard weeks and having hard moments and just the the people that will just drop everything to just cook dinner for us or be by our side it's like man I feel so satisfied that God would have picked us to be amongst this mm. yeah that's yeah, cool mm. yeah yeah it's uh yeah I think there's something so satisfying about being God's kids and included in his family yeah it's a, it's a big deal it's a big deal that's cool yeah hmm yeah, I think, you know, I think we can put all, you know, I mean, you know, this, this is, this is, you know, I think whenever you put something on the table and you go, this is the only thing, you know, you, that's a, that's a, that's the, those are dangerous moments. You know, I think today is, you know, like God, he, he blesses us with experiences. He blesses us with gifts. He blesses us with resources and he blesses us with purpose and he blesses us you know there are many ways in which God brings satisfaction to our story through who he is and through what he affords and through what he provides and through what he does and through how he partners with us or you know I would have thought you know um you know uh you know, this, the satisfying things of my early story with God were around great ministry successes and incredible opportunities and fruitful experiences happening amongst people. And then, you know, pretty quickly the story changed to something very different. And I was making demands of God in my story that I needed to be satisfied in this same way in this new season. And he wasn't providing or affording that. You know, when we first moved over to Australia, Leela and I, I said to God before we left, as I was leaving a big weekend ministry event that I'd been in charge of that had been really successful and you know lots of accolades and you know lots of people and blah 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 and I'm driving out of the gates of this conference center retreat place and I'm saying to God you better have something satisfying like this for me in Australia well and he did not (laughs) he had a very different experience that required me to find satisfaction in a very different way but you know I think so so was God in the season of restriction and not in the season of, you know, great ministry things? Well, no, 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 you couldn't say like, 
you know, let's all pray that our lives will be constricted from God giving us any good thing except his satisfying self. I don't think that's our desire here for our family. I don't think that's our desire for the things that we find ourselves in. But at the bottom of the barrel, when my life touches a moment where the only satisfying thing I have is his presence with me, that's a gift because I'm about to experience the fountain of living water that will never run dry, good season, bad season. You know, there's these verses that talk about, in Psalms, it talks about, you know, you'll be like a tree planted by the springs of water, bearing fruit in season and out of season. Your roots will go deep into its waters. It's like, it's like when you find true satisfaction in a God who satisfies, it doesn't matter what season you're in, you got a glass of cold water, right? It doesn't matter whether every other tree has gone drought. I found that which truly satisfies and good season, bad season, season of abundance or season of little. You know, Paul said, I've learned to be content with little. I've learned to be content with much. I don't really mind because he's with me either way. And it's like, wow, that is such a challenging picture. And it's like, for me, it's like, do I focus on God as a source of satisfaction? You are satisfying to my soul. Your presence with me, your words with me, your company in these moments, your, uh, you know, uh, Ben, what was the line you used in your story? What was the line in the song that spoke to you? Every time I'm with you, I never leave empty. As, like, there's no place I find myself that that cannot be a powerful and powerful reminder to my existence that I can get filled. And I'm not waiting on that promise to be fulfilled. I'm not waiting on that car to come. I'm not waiting for that outcome to be resolved. I'm not waiting for, you know, uh, the birth of my child. I'm not waiting for, you know, here today I can get full on a God who satisfies. And yes, we're going to have incredible moments in our story with God. Mountaintop experiences where we go, can you believe he did it? How could I not be satisfied in this moment? But then am I going to be one who can find that same source of satisfaction in the moment where it's like, oh, did not expect this to come. Because in those moments, I can't rely on the things that God can do for me or the outcomes that he can produce or the gifts that he can give or the resource he can provide. Now, I just need the fountain. I just need him to satisfy because that's all I got. And we find ourselves in moments where that's our opportunity. And, and we do not like those moments. I do not like those moments. But they are a gift from God that helps me tap a well into the presence of God that truly satisfies and receive a fountain that will never run dry, that will bear fruit in any season. And it's like, oh, God, you do satisfy. He is satisfying. But I need to be reminded of that. Here this week, I need to be reminded of that because I can get so fixed on him satisfying me with outcomes in this world that will convince me and others that God's good and that he is satisfying because look, he's, you know, you're doing it without God. Well, I'm doing it with God and we're satisfied in the same way in the same things. Well, if you could do it without God and still be satisfied, maybe there's more satisfaction. Maybe there's something deeper of him to take hold of, you know? If success is what's going to determine our satisfaction, well, whether we go get it ourselves or we get it from God, it's the same satisfaction, right? If that's what I'm waiting on for satisfaction. But it's like, I don't have to wait on success. I don't have to wait on the outcome. I don't have to wait for a full bank account. I don't have to wait for the 
promise to be fulfilled, today I can have satisfaction. Anyway, we've made the point. In John chapter 10, verse 10, you know, he said, and, and really, you know, this verse is used and overused, but we're going to look at it just in context for a minute, a minute. And then you guys talked a lot this morning. I'm just going to say, you know, there's a lot of sharing there. So I just want you to know the podcast isn't, 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 I'm not to blame for a long podcast. The thief comes, John 10, 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You know, Jesus, this is, this is, this is a verse that we've heard. Okay, this is why Jesus has come. Or we use it a lot to understand the enemy too. Oh, the thief is coming. The thief's coming for the good things in your life. And of course he is. Of course he is. Uh, but God, Jesus came that we could have life, that we could enjoy it and have it in abundance to the full until it's overflowing. Now, this passage is found in the middle of a bigger passage. This is, this is the passage where uh, he's talking about... Um, I'm having a mental blank. Uh, he's talking about like the pen of sheep and the door and the gate and the, the thief, you know, thief comes over the stone wall. Maybe we'll just read it. I'll just read it. I mean, this isn't the whole bit, but let's just read this bit. John chapter 10, verse 1 to 11. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I'm tired, people. I'm going away on a holiday on Friday and I promise I'm going to come back better. <laughs> I, I'm satisfied. I am satisfied, and only because, uh, only because of the holiday, Ben. <laughs> All right, Ali, I want to talk about Ben's jobs this week. <laughs> I'm going to be satisfied twice this week, once by going and once by being here for four days and watching Ben suffer. Both are going to be good. <laughs> I assure you, John 10, verse 1 to 11, I assure you, most solemnly say to you, he who does not enter by the door, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up from some other place on the, on the stone wall. That one is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, the protector and provider. The doorkeeper opens the gate for this man, and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to it. And knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out to pasture. When he has brought all of his own sheep outside, he walks on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice and recognize his call. They will never follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they didn't understand what he was talking about. So Jesus said again, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I am the door for the sheep leading to life. All who came before me as false messiahs and self-appointed leaders are thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved and live forever and will go in and out freely and find pasture, spiritual security. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. So let's just take a minute uh, and, and just, just look at this for a second, because Jesus actually in this instance says that he's two things. He says, I am the door and I am the shepherd. He says, Any, anyone who doesn't enter by the door uh, is a thief. Comes up over the fence, 
You know, you just imagine this is a pen of sheep, right? And he says, the, the shepherd comes through the door. I am both the door and the shepherd. And the shepherd comes in to lead the sheep out and they will all come out and then he will go before them and then they will follow him and they will know where to go because they'll know it's his voice and they won't follow anyone else because they know his voice. I'm the shepherd to provide and protect. I'm the door that opens and closes. Through me, you can find life. Through me, you can find entrance and leadership. So then he's talking about the thief. He says, anyone who comes up over the wall, that's a thief. That's a thief. All the, the false messiahs and the, the self-appointed leaders. I mean, that's interesting words in the Amplified. False messiahs and self-appointed leaders. These are the thieves that have come over the fence. And they have come to steal and to kill and destroy. They've come to take something for themselves. They've come to lead you away from the truest life. And when I think about this in terms of what are we following? You know, what are we following? Because when I think of leaders that I'm following, when I think of that, or even when I think of a culture that I'm following, or when I think, what am I allowing to define the path of life for me? Safe places to be and unsafe places to be, good things and bad things. What am I allowing to be my protection and my security? You know, because those are things that he's addressing in here. I am the good shepherd. I will protect you. I will provide you security. Those are satisfying thoughts. But what am I following? What am I seeking? You know, the pen is a picture of a safe place. And Jesus says he's going to take us out, but we're going to be safe because we're following him. And the threat of the thief coming over, leading us somewhere. You know, what, what am I following after? What's determining for me? What's satisfying? You know, where, where in my thoughts am I following a track that is a theft-based track that says I can only be satisfied when? Or this is what a satisfying life looks like. Or this is what, you know, in this verse, he says, I came that they could have heaven enjoy life and heaven in abundance to the full, till it overflows. But my life's got to be focused on a shepherd who's leading and guiding my life into safe places and good things and into satisfying, satisfying experiences. I mean, in Psalm 23, we get like the pinnacle of this good shepherd verse. I came that they would have life and have it to the full. I'm the shepherd. The shepherd has come to the sheep. I'm the door. Enter through me. Come, I will lead you. I am the shepherd. I'm both the door and the one who walks through the door. I mean, that's a, there's some interesting pieces in, in that. But for the sake of time, let's move on to Psalm 23. You know, for me, this is a picture of satisfaction. This is a promise of the satisfaction of knowing the shepherd. No matter what season I'm in, no matter what place I find myself, when I have the shepherd, I can be satisfied. He says... The Lord is my shepherd, we know this, to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. You know, when I think about this 
as a sheep and shepherd picture. The Lord is my shepherd, you know, and I picture, you know, a, a, a thief coming, wanting to lead me out into things, toward things and down a path. And, and, and we're not talking about evil things. We're just talking about things that aren't the protected thing. You know, but then I, I imagine that, that this is the shepherd who's come through the gate and who said, come and follow me. And we have that promise of what that abundant life, he came that we would have life and that we would have it to the full, that we would be satisfied, that the things that he has for us would be present in our life. And it comes as we follow this shepherd. He doesn't promise there'll be no enemies. He doesn't promise there'll be no valleys, but he says he's going to lead us to green pastures, that there will be still waters, that he will restore our soul, that he will give us a path of righteousness that serves his name. And he says that on this path, we're going to encounter valleys, but don't worry, I'm going to be there. I am going to be with you. No, don't, don't worry, when you, when you find the, the place where you're surrounded by your enemies, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare a, a feast. I mean, I pictured this as a sheep gathered in a place where the wolves were, were gathered around. And it's like, because the shepherd's there, they're safe. And so they can feed, they can feast. They don't have to be looking over their shoulder. The sheep are safe. They're satisfied even in a place where they're found in a place of, of their enemies. You've uh, anointed and refreshed my head with oil. I mean, as you enter into that picture, you know, from a shepherd perspective, that's a protective treatment that, that keeps the, bzz, bzz, the bugs from planting eggs in their ears. And, you know, it's like this is shepherd language that goes, he's going to care for me. He's, he's going to make sure that the things that shouldn't be present aren't present. He's going to protect me from the things that are there to take me out. You know, and that is the abundant life in which he's promised. He, there is a thief who wants me to follow after his story and his agenda that wants me to agree that the satisfying life looks like X, Y, Z, or ABC. But there's a shepherd who says, just come follow me and know my voice. There is a fountain of living water that satisfies no matter what I find myself in. And yes, we are those who believe that God is going to bless us in many terms, but no, we are not those who demand our satisfaction from outcomes that this world can provide. We have the fountain that truly satisfies no matter what. All right, let's kick this out into discussions and go, what, what is it? What does it look like in our week to week, in our day to day to turn to God as a satisfying source, to imagine that that's what he truly is? And that's what we have. And, and where can we move from, from that satisfaction only coming in the, the ways in which God can fulfill us through the world versus uh, a presence of God we can have regardless of anything? Let, let, let's, I'm sorry, I'm really bad at like throwing out 10 thoughts in a question, but to restate it, let, let's, just, let's just take a minute and chew on this idea of a God who truly satisfies. Can we pressure test that? In discussions, let's take let's take fifteen on that, and then we'll come back and worship our way out. Well, I think uh, it is. It's challenging. I'm with you. This is a mess. <laughs> I think uh, you know you you could you could take this you could take this truth two different ways. You know, you can take this as a condemning message that goes, and where are you seeking satisfaction? wrongly <laughs> you know and the truth of the matter is we're, we all got idols in our life things that are bigger than God that's, that's the truth of the matter is 
There are things in our lives that we are pursuing with a greater passion than we're pursuing God. And he's jealous for our hearts. He's jealous for our attention. He's jealous for our, our pursuit. But the truth of the matter is, it's not the truth we're talking about here today. The truth we're talking about here today is that his intent is that, is that he would get life to us, that we would be those who are satisfied in season and out, that no matter what my life comes up against, I would be the tree that has fruit, the fruit of the satisfaction that comes from the fountain of living water, a God who is, and it doesn't take away any of the other things. It's just, let's be reminded today that God satisfies, that he's the one who came, the shepherd who came to lead us into life and that there are thieving pursuits there are things we're following after and chasing after. There are thought leaders, culture leaders, pursuit leaders, bars that we've set in our own mind that are thieves that are there to destroy life for us and be something other than the good shepherd who leads us into abundance. And then let's redefine abundance in our existence together as the satisfaction that comes in following the shepherd. He's with me and I always have what I need no matter whether the promise is fulfilled or whether it's still in waiting, I am one who is satisfied. What a, what a gift this is to me as I've been thinking about it for 24 hours. And I, is, this is, a, this is a, an encouragement. There's no condemnation in this message. Uh, we are those who seek satisfaction in many places, but there is a God who truly satisfies. I believe that's the truth. So, all right, let's worship. And then we'll eat. And hopefully that satisfies. <laughs>